A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Behind, rewrite the story, change the lines. What if we took the time to get to know a person? Not just the first impression, but their story. I'm Shani Payton, and I am bringing you along as I learn that I am not alone in this journey of life, and neither are you. Join me every week as I hear courageous stories of inspiring individuals determined to leave an impact on this world. I speak with many who have suffered through challenges I myself have been through such as living in a cult, infertility, foster care, adoption, and mental health illness. I have experienced firsthand how the stories of others have impacted me in my journey of healing. My goal is for you to feel that you are not alone in your struggles. Let's heal together, and you know I'll be bringing some fun along the way. Now let's dive in to some emotional, scary, humorous, and heroic stories. Thanks for coming along as I continue to grow. Welcome to the Shanty Pants Show. This is the moment, it's time to turn the page. Well, you guys, today I have on the amazing Dr. Stephanie Kane. I had such a good conversation with her and basically took advantage of having her on my podcast to just ask her all the questions I wanted answered and basically treated it as kind of like my own therapy session. So thank you, doctor, for that. And I hope you guys all gain a little bit from this too. She is absolutely amazing and just filled with so much expertise and knowledge that I can't wait to share with you all. I'm uh, Dr. Stephanie Kane. And I have been in the area, I'm just trying to think how many years, it's really humbling to hear that, but I have been working with children and in the area of education and mental health for about 21 years now in various capacities. So I've been a high school counselor, I've worked for Child and Protective Services, I have worked with uh, students with learning or kids with learning differences. I've taught them. And uh, fast forward now, I have a private practice and I am a professor and um, 
and also director of a graduate program for counseling. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of what I do in my background in this area. Very good. Well, I have, uh, so I could talk to you forever and just use it as like a personal, you know, counseling <laughs> session, but I definitely have so much interest in even like your work with CPS, because as you know, our children are adopted. And so yeah. we did get to see a lot of the foster system and, you know, trauma with children. And so I, I definitely value your input in this area. Mm-hmm. So would, and you worked in the high school level as well. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. And one specific question I have, and you can just kind of go off on it from there is social media and children. What are your thoughts surrounding that? Obviously it's a part of our world now. Uh, what are your thoughts with how that can affect children and their mental health? Yeah, I think we can start by looking at the impact that it has on the mental health of adults. I mean, we struggle with social media. So if you think that we're struggling with it, it's safe to say that children are in particular are struggling with just navigating, um, you know, just understanding how it works. So I think just like anything else, uh, there needs to be some boundaries and parameters put around it and some protection from children. So there's a wide range of uses for social media when we're thinking about kids that could be helpful and that could be hurtful, right? Like connecting with family, access to some resources. I think sometimes children are dealing with, you know, unique circumstances that may make them feel isolated. And sometimes it's really cool as a parent, if you could show them like, look, there's a community of kids out here who also have this experience. So Mm -hmm. we can use that in a very helpful way, but it also can be a hurtful tool uh, when it turns into a comparison or uh, building an image of a world outside um, that seems to be perfect and going well compared to what we could be experiencing in our environments. And then there's the other side of it, which is even more dangerous, is the accessibility to inappropriate material and mm-hmm. predators and things like that. So I think the key in raising children in general um, is the same thing that we would apply with social media and that social media, that is simplifying it and putting safeguards around it. Um, and so we got to think about it in terms of developmental appropriateness, right? Like you're not going to give a 10 year old, uh, free range on social media. Whereas if you have a 17 year old, there's probably a different level of accessibility that they have, depending on what they've proven to you that they can handle. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that as a parent, number one, know your children. Um, but number two, really be vigilant in being protective in their accessibility and you should be accessible to whatever it is that they're uh they're using whatever tools that they're using on a regular basis absolutely i love everything you just said i have a 14 year old so this whole world and obviously i'm very in social media yeah but 
I love what you said about looking at ourselves as an adult, because I know when I was kind of thrown into this world with a lot more social media than I've ever experienced, you get even, even as an adult, the bullying and the inappropriate comments and just mean people. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of learn and I suffer with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to be real with myself and like, oh, can I handle this? And mm-hmm. what to do with kind of the hurtful stuff that came my direction and still continues to. Mm-hmm. It, but it really has opened my eyes to a whole nother level of how harmful social media can be for these kids, for anyone, but especially for my kids, it makes me think a lot more like, oh, I can barely handle this. I can't imagine a teenager going through all their changes and just life. Like this could be very damaging, but like you said, there's positive to it as well. And I think, you know, you saying that just made me think about the type of conversations and the relationships that we have with our children. Mm. If you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Do you have honest and open and candid conversations with your children? Do you feel that, or do you experience them really opening up to you about things that are happening to them, you know, emotionally, mentally, socially, et cetera? If the answer to that is no, this is not to shame you or judge you, but I would not want them to be exposed to material unless there is a part of our relationship where I can trust that they will come to me or I can ask them and get an honest and real response. If your relationship with your uh, child is kind of on shaky ground, maybe you're wanting to build a better communications and better intimacy, parent-child bonding, then I would not introduce social media into that relationship yet because it's like throwing them out into this huge world um, not, you probably have an idea of the tools they have, limited tools as kids. And then you are just kind of all the way in the background. I mean, that that's scary. Even for me to say, I start feeling like anxious in the oh, heart yeah. of the idea of that. So the first thing you want to do before you even consider that is what's my relationship like? And if you feel like your kids are getting up to that age where pretty soon that's going to be something that they're going to want to access, then this is your time to really start building a relationship with your child uh, in terms of being honest about what's happening out there and what they could be struggling with and what you're noticing and what you're concerned about as a parent, et cetera. And even being honest about what you experience, like, hey, I'm on social right. media. This is what you were saying, Shannon, like, hey, yep. I, I get anxious. Like some of these comments could be really ugly and judgmental and they hurt me, even right. though they're strangers, but just right. even being honest in that regard. Yeah. And these poor kids, like, I, as much as I'm on social media, I have this like love hate relationship with it because it's a whole nother level raising kids today in this environment versus how I grew up. And, you know, we were just outside playing all the time and yeah. we didn't have this, you know, interaction that is, you know, never ends. And this uh, self-gratification of like the instant gratification, I guess, where it's whether it's gaming or anything else, 
Mm-hmm. It's that's a lot to handle as a kid. I mean, Absolutely. as an adult, it is. So Absolutely. I look at myself and I'm like, okay, you need to put limits on yourself to put your phone down when the kids are home and not be having yeah. it all the time. Cause I work on my phone. Yeah. So I'm on it a lot, but they don't yeah. know what I'm doing. And yeah. so I really, and it's hard. Yeah. And so I think as an adult, I'm having to make these boundaries with myself and then yeah. these poor kids to have to put that on. I mean, the it's on them. It's our world, but mm-hmm. it's, I can't, yeah, it's just a whole nother world than we grew up in. Yeah. And that's such a good point, especially during a time where developmentally their brains are developing now. And so when you bring up the instant gratification, it's like our brains have these neural impulses, these pathways, things are just firing off and are being stimulated and our brains are developing according to what we're being exposed to and how it's being stimulated. So if we have our children you know, without balance, overly exposed to the constant stimulation, uh, mm-hmm. then what happens is they can't switch that off when they're out. All of a sudden, there's this expectation of the constant stimulation. And when they don't have it, what happens in their brain? Well, how does that connect to what happens emotionally? Do they experience very low lows mm-hmm. or a lack of engagement if, they not get, if they're not getting a constant stimulation? Right. Oh, that's yeah. These poor kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have to learn just like we are, but it's a, it's a crazy world out there for them. And I think something you said earlier about kind of knowing your own child and what their responses are or what their needs are. I noticed that my own children, uh, I thought parenting would be much easier, of course, but they're all individual humans. So I am parenting them all a little differently. And I never thought I would, like, I never thought of that, I guess, Mm -hmm. where now it's like, they are completely different. So each one requires different conversations, different disciplines. Like it's just different with each child. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about the communication, that intimate relationship with your child, having that be an open line, because Mm -hmm. I know my husband and I both were not raised with that. Mm -hmm. So it's so important for us now to have that with our children. And it's easier now, but it was uncomfortable to have Mm -hmm. some of these conversations for us because we never had that as kids. Mm -hmm. But already I'm noticing the impact that it has on relationships with our kids because I... One child in particular is super good at lying and hiding things. And yet, because I feel we've had this really open relationship, um, they will tell on themselves, even if it's later, it's like we try (laughs) to give so many opportunities for open Mm -hmm. conversation and dialogue that it always comes back, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, remember when such and such, actually, I was doing this. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that, because that's been so important for us in, um, and we're not by any means perfect at it. 
but even we've had conversations with other safe adults in our group of friends where, hey, if you're not comfortable talking to me about this, who right. are these other safe people that you can talk to? Because yeah. sometimes like maybe you don't want to tell a parent something. Right. So I think that's so important. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Yes, creating a community of safe adults, safe people around them and giving them that permission where they don't have to feel conflicted. Like, oh, well, if I don't want to tell my mom, maybe my mom's feelings will be hurt or she'll be upset if I tell somebody else. You just opening the door to say, listen, I trust these people. You talk to them um, about whatever you need to talk about. And um you know, and they won't tell me unless they tell you that they have to tell me, you know what right. I mean? And just exactly. kind of create that sort of environment. I'm with you on that as a parent. I just care my about my children getting wise information. And right. if they don't want to get it from me, that's fine as long as they get it from somewhere. So I think that's really a great way of creating some safeguards mm-hmm. um, just around the world. One thing I've noticed um, just over the years when I was working as a high school counselor, and I understand it as a parent. Um, is the idea of privacy and our children having privacy. And somewhere along the line, um, sometimes there's some parents who really struggle with that, saying that they want to give their children privacy. They don't want them to feel offended if they step on their feet or by going through their phone or things like that. So they just kind of like give them Mm. their space because the children are asking for that because developmentally it's normal that once they get to that you know, adolescent phase that they're going to want to differentiate, meaning that they're going to look for who they are internally and they're going to want to separate from you more. And it's not about who you say they are, but it's them going inside asking themselves, who am I? And so they're differentiating, they're stepping away from you. And so you're feeling that pull. And so you're thinking, okay, well, I don't want to go too hard. So I'm just going to give them their space. Don't do that. Okay, there's a healthy way to do it. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you take the doors off the hinges and tell them you'll never, you know, have your privacy. But I think it's having a candid conversation with your kids, certainly when they're approaching an adolescent age Mm -hmm. to say, I understand that there are some responsibilities that you want to have. I understand Mm -hmm. that there's a level of privacy um, and autonomy that you want to have. Let's talk about what that would look like in an appropriate setting. Mm. Um, But I also understand that there are some things out there, issues, dangers, um, or conflicts that you don't even know that could be coming down. And I just want to be a part of your life for that. And that Mm -hmm. means that there's some things that I'm just going to be a part of, like your social media, like your phone, that I'm going to want access to, not because I want to be all in your business or judge you, but because I want to be there to help you to navigate some of these difficult things that are likely to come up. Like it's not going to be smooth sailing. And, uh, and sometimes as a parent, that means that I'm going to have to insert myself in places that maybe you wouldn't want me to. So I just want to, I'm taking away the weight of you trying to figure out what I should be involved in and what I shouldn't be. And I'm telling you that I'm going to be here. Yes. And you know, that's it. You don't even have to decide. No worries. I'm going to be here um, because I I just want to be able to make sure that you're safe, that you're making good decisions. 
And over time, you will notice that as you show yourself making good decisions on your own, you'll start to notice that some more responsibilities and some more autonomy will come your way. You got to work your way gradually to that, right? And so I um, I think it's important to do that. Yes, I think that's so important. And I think so many parents are afraid to do that with their children. And like, we are definitely not afraid to, because I feel like I really see the scary part of social media. And again, I think each child is going to be a little different with what they are able to handle. But for us, we definitely are all up in the business, but these kids are smarter than us. Oh, They know things way more than I will ever know. It is terrifying. And so what's scary to me is I see because I'm so into my adolescence business and seeing Mm -hmm. things, I realize very few parents are. And so you've got this whole generation of kids that it's like free access to everything. Yeah. And I feel like because I do read emails and all the things and our child knows that, that these kids are, feel very entitled. And I've had kids tell our child, your parents are invading your privacy. They should not be reading your emails. And and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I'm the parent still. And so I think there is this balancing of like giving them their freedom, but you still live in my house and I'm trying to help guide you and protect you through this like challenging time in your life, uh, adolescence. You know what? It's all fun and games until something comes up. In all my years as a school counselor, when I started out working as a school counselor, um, social media, it was present, but it wasn't as strong. But as the years progressed, obviously, you know, more things, apps and things developed. And what I noticed is with the high schoolers that I met with, with the teenagers, in the beginning, it's like, I want, you know, like, get out of my way. I know what I'm doing. I got this. My friends are doing this. And then all of a sudden, an inappropriate picture was shared mm-hmm. on Snapchat that you thought you only sent to one kid and it spread or cyberbullying. Now there's all these rumors about you and yeah. it spread like wildfire on social media or things like that. And you have these kids in your office who are completely devastated mm-hmm. in despair because freedom comes with a cost, a right. very high cost. And now mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're dealing with the cost of that and they are completely devastated Mm -hmm. and lost and scared Mm -hmm. and so um and now they need the adults but there's only so much we could do because the damage there's so much damage that's been done so now it's a recovery period from what's happened and it's very difficult to do Mm -hmm. that and so but it all started with just no safeguarding just complete access and you're so right there's only so much we could do as parents because they figure it out. Right. I mean, they used to have what Finsta. So they make these fake Instagram accounts. So there's like, right. okay, here's the one that's the real one that I use. And here's the one that you all see. And it's yeah. like, they, they created these tools. And then there's other tools that we don't even know about that right. are available, you know, to them for the sake of, you know, 
keep it hiding from us. So there's a lot out there for parents that make. So I just want to own that. It is hard, like what you said, for us to keep up with the technology mm. that is constantly changing and that our kids seem to be able to kind of grasp very quickly. But we have to be vigilant in learning yeah. about it and getting being on top of that. Um, I get it. Like I'm 42 years old and the older I'm getting, the more I'm like, oh gosh, a new thing on top of everything else I'm doing that I have to figure out, like this right. new thing of technology. But we we can't afford not to. Yeah. Um, we can't afford not to because our kids, they want freedom and to a certain degree, they need freedom, but they're mm-hmm. not, they don't understand the cost. Right. Now we've had conversations with our teen and we're not in a heated moment. Mm-hmm. He understands, like he'll even say like, I know you're just trying to do what's best for me. Yeah. And so I think the older they get, and maybe not till they're like 30, but they'll understand okay, they were just watching out for me and, you know, trying to help. And I, so, and that's where I, that open line of communication comes into play where we can kind of have these good conversations surrounding the things they don't like us controlling, but yeah. And it's constantly changing. I just had a conversation with a principal, the middle school, and she was saying, Every day there is a new app or way that these kids are hiding and finding stuff. And, and I know like for me, Google, you know, I use it Mm -hmm. all the time. I watch videos on how to start a podcast and then I'll look at his search history and Mine is how to keep your kid away from, you know, such and such sites. And then his search history is, you know, how to play Minecraft on a school Chromebook. And it's like, (laughs) okay, they have the same, you know, tools that we do. It's just the opposite searches. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. They're they're using the same tools just for different reasons. Right, right. Um, but still with the same intent for information, for access. Yeah. Things like that. Um, and, and what you bring up is so true in that you have decided to live in some tension sometimes with your child because it's for the greater good. Right. Which means my guess is sometimes he really doesn't like you a lot. And right. he, and he pushes back because that's what teenagers do. They are, once again differentiating, they're individuating, they're wanting to pull away from you a bit at a time where you as a parent realize like, I need to be here more. So we got this push pull thing that's happening. You're wanting to push them a little bit in some areas, but you really want to bring them in and they want to get away. So you have this tension here. So we as parents have to allow ourselves to be okay with tension in our relationships coming up time to time with our teenagers, eventually they'll understand. It's like what you said, every once in a while they're having an enlightened moment where they're like, I get it. Every once in a while they'll give you something, but that's every once in a while. Right. So it's one of those things where you're like, you're just not going to understand it now. If you don't like me now, that's fine. Later, you'll understand that this is love. This is what love is. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to protect you. But I think that sometimes um, as adults and as parents, naturally we're uncomfortable with tension. Right. Like nobody wants to come into their house and have somebody scowling at you, especially if it's your kid, you know, right. scowling yes. at you or, you know, 
giving you the cold shoulder. Nobody wants to feel that. Mm -hmm. And that triggers anxiety in us. Sometimes we have our own baggage from stuff we've experienced in the past, maybe detachment issues or Mm -hmm. attachment injuries, meaning that we've had relationships with our own families or in relationships where we, where we felt that tension. And it's like, it's just anxiety provoking and we just don't want to feel that way anymore. And so we're willing Mm -hmm. to do everything we can to not feel that way. Mm -hmm. But if you're parenting, you have to push your threshold and get more and more comfortable with tension because it's going to come up all the time. um, And we just have to be strategic about what Mm -hmm. tension is okay and what tension we need to work through. I love that. I've never really thought about it that way. And, but it's so true. And now that I am like thinking about it, I, my entire life was avoid conflict. Yeah. You know, conflict means you're hated or something Mm -hmm. bad happened. And it's really just been the last couple of years of my life that in my marriage and in my relationship with my kids, realizing that it's okay. And it's, it allows for so much growth. So I think it's been a, like I said, a very recent learning experience for me that it's okay to have these uncomfortable moments. And I, I notice it with my relationship relationship with my kids and my husband that it has allowed for growth, but it's uncomfortable. And I think it's a vulnerability for me to allow that because I don't like it. I don't, I just want everything to be fine and keep everyone happy. Yeah. But so it's interesting. I've never really thought about it, how you said, but I love that. It's so true. So true. And we we have to be careful how our kids, what the, how they interpret our discomfort. So Mm. to your point, when we're anxious and we want to avoid conflict, what does our avoidant behavior Mm. communicate to our kids? So it could be internally we're going, man, I just want to have a loving relationship with my kid. I just want to enjoy my kid. You know, I, I want us to have a positive time. So I just, whenever I feel like something's coming up, you don't realize it, but your body language says something. Sometimes you realize it, sometimes you don't know. Mm-hmm. But our kids know us so well and they can see things about us that we don't necessarily even see in ourselves. So when they, they can tell when we are avoiding something mm-hmm. or when we're bothered by something or when something's come up and because of where they are developmentally, they automatically go to the place of, well, this is happening because you don't like me. I'm, I'm a problem. I'm a trouble. I'm trouble for you. Um, and then they start looking at if they have siblings. Well, you know, she's not like that with this other sibling. Mm-hmm. And so you know, this, this is the better child. And I guess I'm the bad child. So they really go to a place of, you know, what's happening with me that's making my mom or my dad have this body, body language is stronger than, Mm. than your actual verbal communication. And so that's why it's so important that if you are sensing tension in the relationship if you're feeling uncomfortable, for you to be candid and talk to your child about that so that they're not making assumptions about why you're stumbling during this time. Mm. It's okay to tell your child, like, you know what? I just got to be honest with you. 
this is new to me. You're my first teenager I'm parenting. Mm -hmm. Or yes, I parented other teenagers, but everybody's different. This is new territory for me. So just know that sometimes I'm going to be stumbling. This is a little bit of a difficult time for me, but I am committed to this. I love you. You know, I'm here for you. Some of this stuff we're going to be figuring out together. And um, and this is a time where this is a little bit more difficult. Some things are going to be easier for me than not. This is a little bit harder for me, but I'm all in. You know, this is just life. I'm all in this with you. It's verbalizing it so that they know that this is not about them doing something. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com wrong <laughs> i'm thinking of myself and i am very much again this me being a better person is a much it's a new thing for me but i do show body language and for me it's always been the cold shoulder which is yeah. so damaging mm-hmm. in any relationship and mm-hmm. what i've had to do and it hasn't been easy is I've had to apologize to my kids very often. good. Yeah. And yeah. because I'm not good at a lot of things yet, I'm learning. So I can see the damage that some of my actions has caused with my children. And I have to apologize and just say, hey, and that's a very weird like thing for me. As an adult, like in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm the boss. They need to listen. They were doing something wrong. So I don't need to apologize, but I need to. And it's it's been so neat to see the reactions I get from my kids. And and again, this is something I've never experienced as a child or mm-hmm. or my husband either. So it's been, it, we're all growing together, but yeah. it's been really cool to see that and to see the reactions that I get from my children. And it's like, I don't love that I have to do it, but I, I guess it's better to apologize than to just ignore the behavior that I had that was inappropriate. A hundred percent. It's so important for parents, for us to apologize. And by doing that, you do two things. The one thing you do is you, you allow what you're showing is mistakes are allowed in this mm. house mistakes happen from the top down, from parent on to kids. We are going to make mistakes. And guess what? It's not the end of the world. Mm. Own it, apologize for it sincerely and move on. Mm. So when you do that, then that communicates to them like, okay, when I make a mistake, I don't have to worry about hiding it 
because mm. my mom has done it and she's owned it and it must have been really uncomfortable for her, but she did it. Mm-hmm. There's that piece of it. So there's one there. That's what it does. Number two is you're teaching them. We're teaching them how to be adults too. Everything we do, they're learning from us. I mean, you got to admit, like, I know I've seen it. There's some things I've seen my kids do that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they picked that up. from. Like, that is me. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Like, just by observing you, they learned it. And sometimes it's things that you don't want them to learn. Yes. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so me, right? <laughs> so they're learning. So all the every time that we're responding and we're interacting with them and engaging with them, we have to remember I'm teaching, is this the adult that I want my child to be? Do I want my child to be an adult who doesn't apologize? Do I want my child to be somebody who exerts authority? Do I want my child to be someone who um, who gives the cold shoulder when they're anxious? When I'm anxious, I, I get irritable. Like I snap oh, a yeah. lot. Like I start mm. snapping, snapping, snapping. And I realized, like, and then I started noticing my children snapping when they're anxious. And I'm like, whoa, that is me. And it was not a good moment. <laughs> But I had to like bring them back. I had to circle back in and say, I know where this is coming from. I bet you've seen me do it. Like that was a very uncomfortable conversation. And to say, I'm sorry, I'm not doing the right thing. And I don't want you to be someone who who does that because people are not going to want to have relationship with you. They're not going to be friends with you and things like that if you snap at them when you're worried. So I got to work on it. And and I even put this away. So I'm like, Sometimes I'm being irritable and I don't even know I'm being irritable. So I'm giving you space to tell me that oh, if yeah. I'm being irritable um, in a respectful way. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can tell me Mom. And I know that I need to scale it back and I'll apologize because I also want them to be the kind of people to ask feedback from people who they trust mm-hmm. and care about. Um and then make adjustments accordingly because we're not going to be perfect. So you apologizing serves two great purposes because you're likely going to have kids who, who will apologize even when it's uncomfortable. And that is going to do wonders for their relationship, Mm. uh, for their relationships in the future, repairing whenever things go wrong. Um, Another thing it makes me think about is, um, communication, you know, I have a practice and I see a lot of adults and I, the majority, if not all the adults I see who are struggling in their communication or in identifying their emotions or managing their emotions come from households where it was not normalized to talk about how you feel. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how their parent, they sensed how, what their, how their parents felt, but it was never a discussion. And so they never learned the language they never learned how to say it, what to say it. They they hadn't been in environments to see what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And so now here they are, fast forward, they're adults, they're out in the real world, and they are struggling to connect with their emotions and articulate their emotions mm-hmm. in a healthy way. And and it's causing them problems. It's right. causing them problems in their relationships. It's cause, causing them problems, not just personal relationships, professional relationships. They're dealing with anxiety, depression, all kinds of things because they never really learned how to communicate their emotions. Um, They didn't know that was a thing that could be done. And so now they're trying to figure it out. And unfortunately they look back and there's mistakes that maybe didn't have to be made along Mm -hmm. the way. Um, So there's that piece of it too. Uh, And I totally relate with that. I, 
I came from that background. There was a lot of, you didn't talk about feelings at all mm-hmm. and how I react. And I still do. I get very defensive over, yeah. you know, any sort of, um, conflict or a, even just being questioned at like immediately mm-hmm. like, Oh, I did something wrong. And I get this sense of guilt and I got to protect myself. And, and it is, it's like you said, it's not just like marriage or children, it's professional relationships and I'll typically close down. So there's a lot of learning to undo that, you know, your entire life of kind of living in that. Mm -hmm. And something you said earlier about, um, like hidden things or secrets with the kids. I forget how you said it, but I really related to that as well. Cause that's how both my husband and I were raised with a lot of, you know, throw things under the rug. Don't talk mm-hmm. about it, hide mm-hmm. things. And I think it's so damaging for children to grow up that way, looking at ourselves as adults and yeah. w- what it's created in us and what we're mm-hmm. having to unlearn. And again, mm-hmm. a lot of it for me comes to like, I want my kids to turn out better than me. So what right. can I adjust? And obviously your past is your past. So it's taking it from today forward. But what can I do differently with our children And one of the biggest things for us is having that open line of communication, talking about, and and obviously age appropriate as, you know, the the different phases of their life, but talking about, this is where I really messed up in life. And Mm -hmm. this is what it's causing me currently because of some of these choices I made in my past in kind of using some of these really hard things to educate our children and to kind of show them this is what this path can lead to. And then that's been a weird, vulnerable thing for both my husband and I to change up and do differently with our children then you know totally different than how we were raised but i see already i, I love it cuz it's like oh i have different relationships with my children than i ever had and so yeah. it is really neat neat to be able to see like okay i've screwed up and done a lot of wrong way or done a lot of wrong things but I can still use those experiences to hopefully help another person and my children. What I love about what you and your husband are doing is you are doing things uncomfortably. Mm. You're you're parenting through discomfort. You're allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. And there are things that we do intuitively that are really great things that we picked up on. And there are some things that we do intuitively that are not good things. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be counterintuitive, which means we have to be, what you're doing with your husband is be strategic and intentional about saying, I'm going to do this, even though everything in me is like so uncomfortable with this, yeah. but I'm doing it because I know this is what's best. Mm-hmm. And and it's being able to allow yourself to live in that. And, and that's another part of parenting is it's a very uncomfortable process. 
Um, and so sometimes we have to check ourselves and go, all right, does this, it's like what you said, when I think about the relationship I had with my parents, what did I like about it that I want to keep and yes. what was not there? Mm-hmm. And recognizing that whatever was not there is a limit for me. It's not an area of strength because I didn't experience it, mm-hmm. but I can be intentional. I would rather, I think I would rather parents try to do what is better to improve things and make a mistake with it mm-hmm. than to not do it at all. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. try it. You know, if it's like, hey, I, we never talked about our feelings in my Mm -hmm. household. So I'm going to try this with my kids. And maybe that first conversation was a stumbling mess. And you look back and you go, I probably would have said things a whole lot differently, (laughs) but it's better to do it. And, and, and to be able to say like, even to go back and debrief with your kids, like, you know, I wanted this to go a little smoother, but I got to let you know, this is new for me, but we're going to keep trying until we get it right. Yes. And um, because it's worth it because I want to know how you're feeling. I want you to know how I'm feeling. And so you're being intentional with your husband to do things, even if you weren't equipped growing up with right. that. Right. And I think it is such a vulnerable thing for us as adults to be in this place where, cause we're just learning how to yeah. express our own emotion. So we definitely are messing up as we're teaching our kids this. Yeah. And it, you're right. It's been very vulnerable, but I think even for us, it's been very healing as well yeah. because it's giving, uh, I don't know, like you can see, okay, we are making progress. We are, yeah. you know, doing some things it, because we care, like we want mm-hmm. our kids to have relationships with us when they're adults and uh-huh. to have that connection. And, and like for us, our children are all adopted. So I did a lot of research getting into the whole adoption world. And you have these kids that are, you know, tra- traumatized on different yeah. levels because of different experiences. And, So it's, there's a lot to learn and there's so much out there that, um, I just think, I think any, any child, like this world is a crazy place to grow up. Mm -hmm. So I, I think part of it, like you said, being like, we have to be intentional or we're Mm going to wake up and they're going to be out of the house one day. And that's why I keep like thinking, oh, I wish I would have started doing this when they were younger or certain things. And that's why I have to remind myself, okay, today I learned something new and we're going to implement it. And that's okay that it wasn't six years ago. Yeah. Just start now. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll appreciate the effort. You know, it's not lost. Right. You know, they'll see like, you know, mom didn't used to do this and mom's doing this now. It actually, it does communicate love and willingness yeah. to grow and that you're somebody who's malleable. And, mm. and, and just like with your kids being adopted and you weren't adopted, right? As right. A child. Yeah. No. And so they have a different experience that they're experts on that you're not. Yes. And so you're learning, you're getting all the material you can, but also they can share with you and educate you on what they're going through that you can't, you won't know. No, you wouldn't even yeah. know where to get that from. And Absolutely. that's the same thing in the area of social media, technology, or the world today. 
we grew up in a very different time mm-hmm. than they did. Like right, we didn't grow right. up with all the social media, all the technology. It was just different. Right, and so right. because of that, it's important for us to elevate their voices and say, mm-hmm. look, there's things that we know about life as parents that we're going to be able to guide you on. But one thing we don't know is what it's like to be you right now. Right. What it's like to be you post-pandemic, in a pandemic. Uh, yes. We didn't have we have this kind of stuff. Right. Social media, all that stuff. So you tell me, go ahead and educate me. I'd love to hear from you what you're experiencing. What is it that I don't know? Mm. Or what is it that you what assumptions do you think that I'm making or that you mm. notice that I'm making that's totally wrong? Mm. It's also empowering them to be experts sometimes. We have this power dynamic and it makes sense where we're the parents, they're the kids. And so they're down here, we're up here. And we're they're, this assumption that they're empty vessels and mm. we're the ones pouring into these empty vessels. Mm. And the reality is they're not empty vessels. They have a lot to give to us too. And sometimes we have to switch the dynamic hmm. and we be the vessel that they pour into by sharing with us, like, man, you don't know what's happening right now. Such and such is, you know, like, this is really yeah. hard. Or, Why did you ask me that question? That is so way off. This is what's really going on, you know, but allowing them to do that because it's empowering to them, but it's also very insightful for us too. That is great. I, I'm going to be thinking about that this week because I'm not sure I do that very often, but I love that. And it gives them the opportunity to kind of express themselves and how knowledgeable they might be on certain subjects. So I really love that. That's a great, I'm going to have to think on that a lot. Um, That made me think of just, I don't know, something you said made me think one thing that we've done with our children. And I think I started with my son. He's the oldest. Well, it was when he learned, he was probably like five-ish when we started, but we started a mommy son journal. And so we still have it. I love it. Just like, you know, Dollar Tree composition notebook. And it, when there's a lot of tension, it's worked out really, really well where I'll just jot him a note and Uh even an apology in it or something if he's already asleep. And then we leave it in his room and they'll read it in the morning. And then now that he's older, I don't get responses as much as I used to from him, but it gives the kids an opportunity to kind of write what they're wanting or feeling or wanting to say and then they leave it on our nightstand and we kind of go back and forth. So that's been one thing that. Oh my gosh. I just yes. want to see for all the parents out here, like myself, who are hearing this, who didn't do this, the collective, this is, you know, that moment when a parent's doing something great and you're like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have started that six years ago. Right. Um, <laughs> wish we had this conversation with my kids were five. Yeah, but I know. Amazing. I love it. What in the world? Yeah. And I look every once in a while, I'll cry. So I can't even go backwards too far. You can go back. Yeah. Yes. But it's so, it's so cool. And even though the oldest is like, you know, cool and a teenager now, he's still getting it. Yes. And he keeps track of that thing every once in a while, you know, because he's a teenager. I'm in his room. I'm like, 
that must have got thrown away, but it'll be somewhere safe. And so I know he values it. If you stopped one time and stopped doing it, oh, he would notice. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And I always like, cause the notes are more rare now. I'll like yeah. say, um, tomorrow's my birthday. So <laughs> I better get that journal on my nightstand in the morning. <laughs> like I'm still going to get some notes out of you. <laughs> Mother's day birthday. Come on. Yes. <laughs> oh, thanks for the reminder. Mother's day's coming yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> So that's been a neat, like, just a cool thing to do with the kids that I think it's kind of that, you know, we'll look back and be like, I'm super glad that we did that. Yeah. So that's fun. I just want to normalize that parenting is hard. I'm a therapist and I struggle. Like, Mm. I am not at home with my kids getting it all right. (laughs) A mess. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not getting it all right. I make some big mistakes. There's some things I do well and some things I don't. It is a beautiful, terrifying journey. Mm. Um, It's not linear. It's ups and downs Mm. all the way through. And so I I just want to say, normalize that it's hard for all of us, Mm. all of us. And there's some things that some of us get right. And there's some of the things that we don't get wrong. I mean, that we get wrong. Mm -hmm. The key is is our commitment and our consistency and being present and staying the course, mm. regardless of the mistakes that we make. Mm. You, we know that at the end of the day, they'll look back and there's some things that they don't understand now, but that they'll appreciate later. So right, we right. just got to be willing to take those risks mm. as parents because there's so much that we can get from it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so much better to take a risk try to be more vulnerable, allow yourself to be uncomfortable because there's such a greater return. Like you had mentioned earlier, it's the first time I've had a teen. It's the first time we're dealing with this. There's so many first things that as a parent, you're like, oh, okay. Like, here we go. Another thing almost daily. Yeah, I agree. So it's just like learning for everyone, but but I like stay the course. So it's, it's going to be messy sometimes and that's okay. But, yeah. and since you mentioned it, um, do you want to like, how many kids do you have? Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. We never got to that. <laughs> yeah. So I have a uh, 11 year old boy, girl twins. Yeah. Very awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. it's interesting trans. And so there's the transitions too, right? It's like, you get, you finally get a handle on the little kids phase, like the babies mm-hmm. or the toddlers. And you're like, all right, I got a good system going. And then bam, now they're big kids. <laughs> you got to yes. adjust with. So now I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get a handle on having big kids. It's like, boom, now they're going into middle school and they're approaching yeah. the teens. And it's oh. just, it, it's constantly an adjustment because the transitions are just coming and coming so quickly and because information gets around so Mm. rapidly and their accessibility i I feel like they're growing in their awareness quicker than we did about things um and so we have to keep up with that and so they're growing at a different rate than we did Mm. um and it can be scary for them and so Uh. what i've noticed just in my experience i don't know how many parents experience this but my kids, te- they're not perfect, okay? I mean, they are not perfect. Their temperament, though, is 
I could tell that they still really want to be little kids. Mm. Like they are uncomfortable with what's out there. And the reason why I say that is they go to school and they see classmates and stuff doing things that they're just like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is using swear words. So-and-so is twerking, you know, like, oh my, and they're just shocked by what they're seeing. And I noticed that with that shock, there's some underlying fear of like, does this mean that it's, I'm entering this new world now? Mm. Like, there's just some fear there and some resistance of like, uh, uh, I'm uncomfortable with this. I I, I don't want to do this. And Mm. so I think as parents, as we hear our kids share with us new things that they're noticing around them, Mm. um, you know it's asking them like, you know, what is that? Like, how do you feel about that? Mm. And so with my kids, I notice anxiety and what they, I've adjusted where I'm like, I'm making sure that I allow the little kid things that they still want to hold on to, to still have that space in our home and to create safeguards around, um, as much as I can, their exposure to the things that make them uncomfortable, which I am grateful for right now that they're uncomfortable with. Right. And, and, and saying, whoa, yeah, that's, that's not appropriate. That's mm-hmm. not okay. I'm listening to you now. No, now that's not appropriate. And so I'll ask questions if they're on their devices or something like, what are you watching? You can't get on this. You can't get on right. that. And every kid is different, but it just seems to be my kids are like, to a certain degree, they do get irritated sometimes, but other times they're like, oh yeah, mom says I can't get on that. And it's like, great. Like right. I don't have to decide what's appropriate and not appropriate. Yeah. So, I mean, I think even with teenagers, even when they fight back, it's just remembering that sometimes the limitations we put in deburdens them from having to make really hard decisions and mm-hmm. they appreciate it on some level. Right. Like by you saying, no, you can't do this. No, you can't hang out with this person. It may very well be someone that they don't want to hang out with and they feel pressure to, and you let them off the hook by saying, no, you're not making the decision. Go ahead and tell them that I'm making that decision. Right. I do that often. I feel like, yeah, tell them your mom said no. You tell them your mom is mean and the worst and you can say whatever you want about me. I don't care what your friends think about me. Tell them your mom's got you on lockdown, whatever. I'm saying no. exactly oh I love that and I know because we've dealt with some of that already and as far as like other things that other kids do or say or other families and one thing I have to do too with my kids is say okay we don't do that or say that in our home Right. But you still need to show kindness. We're not going to oh, judge 100%. this person yes. because we were raised very judgmental where if yeah. you didn't do it our way, yeah. it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I like to instill in my children. Yeah, you're right. That's not something we do at yeah. home, but please still show kindness. And, you know. Well, the thing about it is, and I, I was raised the same way too, so I understand that, is that mm-hmm. when we act judgmental towards people, what we communicate to our kids is that we're going to be judgmental towards them too. Mm. They don't dis- they don't dis- they don't show a distinction to say, oh, she doesn't like that kid because that mm. kid did this. The way they see it is if she doesn't like that kid because that kid did this, then when I make a mistake and I do it, my mom's not going to like me either. Wow. Yeah. They yeah. they don't they don't make that distinction. So you got to be careful 
of what you say and how judgmental you are outside. Now it's okay to say, Hey, look, this kid, I'm not really happy with the decisions that this kid. So you want to externalize it. Not like this is a bad person, but that this person is making bad decisions. Mm. And while they're making bad decisions, I'm just creating a limitation. You can't have, you, I don't want a relationship. I don't want you to have friends with this person while they're making bad decisions. Right. Because yeah. then it separates the person from their behavior. Now, gotcha. if they change and they start making really good decisions, then great. And that right. way that communicates to them is like, if I make mistakes, there's going to be consequences. But if, but I always have the opportunity to change what I do yes. and get in good standing. Oh, I love that. Some quick rapid fire questions. What is one book that you would recommend to listeners? Ooh, in uh, this gracious, a book on, there's a book I just read that was so good. It's called Anxious Kids, Anxious Parents. Oh, and it's by Reed Wilson and Lynn Lyons. Okay. And um, yeah, I just finished reading that and it was just so helpful to me. Oh, yay. That sounds like one I need to read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Um, how did you meet your spouse? Oh, yeah. Um, we actually met at church. We okay. went to the same church and just started like, getting involved and serving in different ways. And was this as we, a child? Here's the funny thing. Here's the fun. No, oh. we met as adults. Okay. We actually met through social media because we were like friends on back. What was it? It was Twitter. And so I would post something and then all of a sudden he started replying to my post <laughs> and then we started direct messaging. So I feel like we had a very young experience. Yeah. With <laughs> social know? media. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> What is the best compliment you've ever received? You know, I would say it's from my kids. Mm. Like what I hear them say, I remember one time in passing, um, one of my kids said something like, oh, my mom is going to take care of that for me. Like with confidence. And it's not like it was directly towards me, but it was seeing their posture and the the trust that they have Mm. that... I got this. It wow. was like the biggest compliment I could ever hear um, from anyone. For is sure. the trust and confidence they had in me. Oh, I love that. What a great yeah. answer. Um, okay. Where can our listeners find you if they want to see what you're up to and learn more about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do better at social media. So forgive me, <laughs> but, um, I am going to start working on building over the summer at drsteph.renewcc on Instagram. All right. Um, is where I'm going to start posting more okay. and, and being more active. So that's where you awesome. can find me. Well, I really appreciate you chatting with me today. Again, I feel like we could do this forever. So it's I'll definitely great. have you back. And, great. you know, I just feel like this is like my personal, like, therapy session that I get to share with the world. <laughs> well, you taught me about this journal. I'm going to see if I could introduce that to my 11 year old. Yeah. So, it's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I really do that. If I could say I've wanted anything, I'm like, I did the journal thing because journal thing everything failed at a lot oh of other God. stuff, but I did the journal. Yeah, it's everything. I, well, thank yeah. you so much for having me. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Shanty Pants Show. I really appreciate your support, so please leave me a review and some stars and share my show with all of your friends, because I'm sure they will want to hear it as well. And if you just can't wait for next week and you need to know what I'm up to in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Official Shanty Pants, and on YouTube and Facebook at Shanty Pants. See you next week. This is the moment. It's time to turn the page. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.